Hate week continues, but with the man we all love. Yes, that's Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports to join us after the Mondays with Mel press conference and get us ready for this Saturday's game against those Wolverines. Let's go. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, 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 it's my favorite people of all time. Yes, you already know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the listeners of Lockdown Spartans, the viewers of Lockdown Spartans, and also this gentleman here, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. But before I let this man talk, hey, this episode of Lockdown Spartans is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this weekend's matchup between the Spartans and Wolverines right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Stephen Brooks, fresh out of a Mel Tucker press conference Mondays with Mel. And we were, we were talking before we smashed this record button. Um, this was kind of a masterclass in going 20 minutes without really saying much of anything. I, I hate to start the episode like this, but really, I, coming off a of bye week, is there anything that Mel said today that even perked up one ear, even raised one eyebrow for you, or, or not really? No, no, not really. And, you know, yeah. I mean, this was like, like you said, I mean, it was, it was a, it was an elite performance up there from Mel Tucker in terms of not, you know, a filling time without saying anything of, of using his vocal cords without anything really of substance coming out. You know, I mean, yep. it was it was a yeah, like you know, I think he usually does a good amount of that. But this week, I thought it was definitely ratcheted up uh, to a new level. I mean, like he said, very basic stuff in terms of it got healthier over the bye week. Of course, he didn't provide me specifics. Um Yep. He said, you know, they're educating the guys who, who need to be educated on this, on the rivalry uh, and whatnot. Of course, there are a bunch of new guys here um, and whatnot. And, and talked about, uh, you know, it also being Monday, too, though, you know, and you can't just you can't uh, empty the tank on Monday, you know, emotionally or physically or strategy wise, anything in any yep. aspect when you've got a game this uh, this big and this important and whatnot. Uh, you know, he he did. It's not like he downplayed it at all. Like he said, there's never been there's been a day since he took this job where this game hasn't been brought up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, emphasize that part of it. Mentioned, you know, it's it's right in line with any other of the big rivalries he's ever been a part of, which would obviously include you know Bama, Auburn, uh, Steelers, Browns in the NFL, Bears, Packers yeah. in the NFL, Ohio State, Michigan on the other side of that thing. So he said, you know, it's 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 as heated as any of those, and. Uh, of course, the in-state dimension, you know, makes it a little bit different. He said it's probably very the closest aligned. Uh, Georgia, Florida was another one he mentioned. Um, he said it's probably closest aligned to the Iron Bowl, uh, Alabama, Auburn, just because of the in-state nature of it. And you know, yeah. your neighbors, your cousin, your brother, your sister, your mom and dad. You know, the the the, the battle lines are drawn, um, and they're they're not straight at all. You know, everyone's everyone's got their faction and whatnot. So yeah, there was that. Uh, he said I think he said they practiced three times. Um, over the bye week, it might have been might have been one more, one or two more than that. Um, but gotcha. they, they did practice over the bye week. Didn't hit, but he said it was uh, definitely a Michigan focused. They were definitely Michigan focused practices. Not like um, you know, I was kind of wondering like if it would be like early bowl prep, you know, or like spring ball, okay. where you're just really looking inward and reflecting on yourselves as opposed to specifically practicing for um, a designated opponent, a specific scheme, and whatnot. So. He did say like, everything was was Michigan focused, so you know you're looking at like at least you know eight uh, practice days or so, you know, to prepare for this game. 
I mean, that alone is interesting, too, because, hey, you know what? Michigan State, we're, we're off the schneid. That's right. We don't have to look inward anymore. We can focus on future opponents. Uh, it goes without saying that this is going to be a massive game here for, for both sides. Um, I think Michigan's a little upset about what happened last year, just a teensy, teensy bit. And obviously, Michigan State, um, keeping Paul Bunyan home would be desirable. And a massive way you could do that <laughs> is by getting back some healthy players. Now you said Mel said that, Hey, look, we just tried to get healthy as well over the bye week Do you want to play the speculation game and, and like guess who could come back this week? Or do you think it's just a matter of fact of guys just getting a little healthier guys like Xavier Henderson, guys like Jacob Slade, or are there new guys that have been out the last week or so that could maybe come back to play for MSU this Saturday? I think it's mostly what you said at first there. Like, like, look, I think it was pretty obvious that Xavier Henderson, even though he was back out there on the field against Wisconsin, I think it's yeah. pretty obvious he wasn't 100%. If you just saw him moving in open space and things, I mean, he made a, made a couple plays here and there. Um, but yeah, same thing with Jacob Slade. Ditto. Like, he was out there. He was playing hard, trying hard and everything. But I just – I think it was pretty clear, like, they, they weren't themselves at their best. So, mm-hmm. you've got that. And who knows who else is dealing with some stuff like that, you know, that we really don't even know about. Um that they've just been sort of gutting through it, you know, um, whether that's on the offensive line or running backs, like Jaden Reed was back, you know, after that Washington game, but it took him a few weeks to really be back, you know, in terms of seeing the guy that we expect him to be. Um, So maybe there's a little bit more of that. The guy that I think, and look, there's really not many guys who have, it has kind of been a lot of that, like in and out, like little, you know, nicks and bruises stuff um, until since they got those other guys back. Um, But the one guy I would sort of have my eye on is Jeff Petrowski. Um, Just thinking, uh, they did a uh, they put a little video up uh, of like Marco Coleman breaking down the D line like a this was before the Wisconsin game even at this point I believe and he was out there in an orange jersey which means you know like non contact and everything like doing stuff to the side not completely out out though like he wasn't in street clothes so that that leads me to believe it's good <laughs> he was fairly close to coming back um, so that would be a big help I mean everybody they can get along that D line uh, to try to you know crack skulls with Michigan's offensive line and that run game and everything is is going to be beneficial. Uh, Chris Bogle, I don't know about. He'd be the other one I would, I would be curious about, um, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I'm sure you saw it. I'm sure most of the listeners saw it. Like, uh, my sense of time is all warped, too. But, like, a week ago, <laughs> maybe it was, like, right after the Wisconsin game, uh, he put he posted something on Twitter that was very cryptic about, like, just only the strongest survive and the journey yeah. continues or something, this or that. I don't have it in front of me, but, like, folks can go look it up. And I, I don't know this, but, I mean, it was very cryptic, but it seemed – like some of those posts you see from guys like when they're going through something and might be gout for a while. So I don't know that it's that strictly you're trying to read between lines. It's strictly using context clues and past history and whatnot. So I don't know that at all, but uh, that sure looked like one of those type of posts, you know, that that people put up there in those type of situations. So I don't know about that, but Jeff Pachowski, I think when maybe is, is on the table, at least I don't know that either as a, for a fact at this point, but he seems like he would be uh, closer to returning. Those kind of posts are like fascinating. It's almost like trying to decipher hieroglyphics that are found in ancient caves. Like, what is he? Is he coming back next week? Is he done for good? Is he walking away from the game himself? Like, I don't know. So I don't know what to think of Bogle, just like you said. Like, it could mean anything, um, but it's going to be one extreme or another, right? Like, it's either, he's either playing this Saturday or he's done. And it's a twist, game. right? Because, like, you would see that he's been out since the first half of the Minnesota game. Yeah. So that's several weeks, you know, if – if it's what, you know, it sort of looks like it might be, I guess. Um, why would it, why would the timing of it was weird? Like if there's some sort yeah. of situation where he's got to be shut down for the season or he is opting, you know, opting out, shutting himself down or whatever that might be. 
it seems like that would have happened uh, fairly soon after he left that game with the injury or whatever, whatever it was. Um, so then to wait like two or three weeks, like it wouldn't seem like there'd be that big of a gap necessarily. I don't know, maybe he just had other things going on, had some assignments to finish up. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> um, and I really don't even know if it's, if it's even, you know, suggesting what to me it suggested. So I don't really want to go too deep into it because I, I just don't know what it meant. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it sure looked like that, I guess. Speaking of people saying things that you're not sure what they really mean, Mel Tucker wasn't the only head coach to talk today. Uh, Jim Harbaugh also spoke to media in Ann Arbor. He didn't say like really anything too revealing, no bulletin board material, said he really wants to win the game. It's groundbreaking for a head coach. But he also said this, and I want your take on this. He said that Michigan State is a physical team that runs the ball well. Stephen, is he either a line? B, just watching last year's tape over and over again, or C, is he on, like, hallucinogens? I mean, like, is he on PCP? Like, I, I don't know, because that's not the team that I've been watching for the first seven games this year, a team that runs the ball well, or do you actually kind of see what he's saying? Does Michigan State actually run the ball kind of well, and I'm just completely missing the mark here? Not this team, no, no. I okay. mean, I don't I'll know if sure he's right. saying, All like, right. I didn't catch the clip. Maybe he's saying, like, historically, you know, like, historically Maybe. that is what Maybe. they are they run it and they play good defense like traditionally that's the michigan state brand and everything okay um yeah. and yeah if, he, if maybe he just got the tapes mixed up and, and watched too much of last year's and it's like man this it. guy this number nine is pretty good we gotta watch out for him now. <laughs> right. they, they did him. run the yeah. ball hard that time <laughs> or that year uh this year no you know and like but look every coach does that i mean no one's gonna be like yep they're great yeah, here course. pretty good here oh my god they're awful here we can't wait to get that <laughs> matchup and then yeah you know pretty solid across the rest of the board. like they don't they don't do that um you can you can go back and listen to mel tucker's press conferences i mean youngstown state was a great team akron mm-hmm, was a great mm-hmm. team yeah you know everybody's <laughs> been good you know they've never played a, a, even an average team you know no, so that's that's no. just how it goes but that's funny to hear um maybe that was i mean maybe he was i don't know if he's i don't know if he, i don't know if Harbaugh makes jokes like that but i mean maybe he was maybe it's kind of Maybe he was making a joke uh, of some kind there by by fake praising them. I have no idea. I can never figure him out. I don't think a lot of people can figure him out. But yeah, that one that one yeah. stuck out to me when it came across like my timeline on Twitter. Like, run the ball well, Michigan State. Okay, but you know what? Fine. You know, I'll take the compliment where it's given, especially in this great week of hate that we. If have he going speaks on. it into existence, I mean, that would change this game. Obviously, you like, know, I wouldn't among the say many no to reasons. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how how much you want to get into that part, but I mean, like that's among the many reasons I don't feel good about Michigan State is is that right there and their inability to move it uh, on the ground. So it, it's dicey, you know. Um, but I do think uh, the the thing that's really interesting to me is like the way I think we talked about this last week, but shifting to that four three and playing it as much as they did, yeah, you know, it was the first time they broke it out like against Wisconsin, of course, but like really um, committing to it for a full game, basically. I mean, uh, Mel was asked about that today, and he said, like, look, it's just matching personnel. Like, they got bigger dudes out there, meaning gotcha. tight ends and yeah. fullbacks, and we got to bring bigger people out there, meaning more linebackers than defensive backs. So uh, I think that's really interesting that they got that implemented that week and then had the whole bye week to sort of marinate in it. And now I, I would assume, I mean, based on his logic, based on all logic, there's there's no reason to believe that they won't be playing a lot of 4-3 again uh, against Michigan unless they just completely break from character and, and, sure. and spread it out for some reason for some reason um so <laughs> that's very that's really interesting i mean i give i give michigan state more of a shot than i did i, I still i'm not picking them I, I don't even think mm-hmm. i'm picking them to cover right now but uh that's that's a really fascinating element to me and i think in general i think this is a got to be a 
this is going to be a game where I think where Michigan State's coaches earn their checks, right? Like all of them. I'm not just saying just Mel or just this guy, sure. or that, like all of them. Like, because I think we've seen in the Wisconsin game, there, there was some evidence of it of like, if you can just get some of these playmakers the ball in space, you know, isolate them one on one with Jaden Reed, one on one with Keon Coleman. Uh, you had that. You had a nice look from Malik Carr there. I mean, there's there's been some good, some decent fun things with the running backs at times. Like that, you have the playmakers. I think that you could do some things if if. But you got to. And the one thing Mel said today was like they haven't played 60 minutes of good football yet. You know, he he said right. our best 60s in front of us or something like that. And like I I totally agree with that. Like they haven't come close to that to all three phases helping each other complementary football as he always loves to say. Like if they can pull all that together. And there's not zero shot that they can win this game, I guess, is mm-hmm. really what I'm getting to. And that's maybe that's kind of what it felt like, you know, uh, at the start of the month, you know, when, when MSU was was on that slide and Michigan <laughs> was just beating everybody up. Like, yeah, I do think lately the winds have shifted a little bit um, to where I, I not totally, of course, like Michigan's yeah, going to be course. a huge favorite. They should be. Right. Um, and I think they're going to win this game and probably cover. But I do give Michigan State a little bit more of a chance than I was even two three weeks ago, uh, just based on these changes that we've seen. Um, lately. And like I said, I think it's a big coaching game for Michigan State. No doubt. And we're going to get more into the game here in a hot second. But Steve, I just got to say goodbye to you for a hot second because I got to talk to people's ear off about Simply Safe. That's right. We're talking home security. We're talking about staying protected because as everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks. But when it comes to saving money, hey, Simply Safe always stays on top. And right now you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. 40 percent off simply safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by us news i use it i love it you will love it too because it's simply safe your safety is the only thing that matters with 24 7 professional monitoring when a threat is detected simply safes monitoring professionally prompt promptly contacts you and dispatches first responders to your home even if you're away or unable to respond their 24 7 professional monitoring costs under one dollar a day just $1 a day, not even that. That's less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professional installed plans. Our monitoring experts use proprietary response technology. Those are big words. Those are fancy words. Those are security words right there to visually confirm when a break-in is real so that you can get the highest priority police dispatch possible. Don't miss this chance to save big. Like I said, 40% off to protect your home with the best. Get 40% off of your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash college today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash college. There is no safe like Simply Safe. And also, gang, when it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner and at AcrePro Midwest Farm Group. Well, you are only going to get the best in the business because they are your local farmland experts. With decades of experience in Corn Belt agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange, expanding your operation, selling a row crop farm, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right and great service is just the beginning at AcrePro. They provide unparalleled land data, including soil ratings, elevation, flood zones, and land valuation across parcels so that you can get the full picture up front and be confident in the entire land market. Your agent will cater to each of your individual needs and help you navigate the complexities of buying and selling land so that the process is made simple. Experience the ease of Acre Pro by working with farmland specialists like Kyle Rule, Brady Hammond, Neil Herr, and Kyle Spray. Visit acrepro.com or call 765-587-3185 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, that's 765 587-3185, Acre Pro, Midwest Farm Group. 
And let's get Stephen Brooks back on the show here to break down this weekend's game. But before that, hey, thank you all for making us your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Rate, review, subscribe, comment below if you're watching on YouTube. And let's get into this weekend's game a little more. Steven, I got the same hunch here, man. It's either Michigan wins this by 45 or Michigan State wins by five. I don't see anything in the middle right now. They want blood down the road, but recent sample size shows that Michigan State is never out of this game. And by that, I mean they've won 10 of the last 14. So who knows what can happen on Saturday. Let's keep talking about what could happen for Michigan State to win the game. Let's, 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 hey, I'm in a good mood. Let's keep everyone else in a good mood. What has to happen on the Spartan side for them to pull off the stunner in Ann Arbor on Saturday? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, quite a bit. (laughs) Of course, the the traditional stuff. I mean, like, they either neutral or win the turnover battle. Like, neutral at worst. Um, You cannot be negative in in turnover margin. Um, Absolutely. And I think another one is, uh, yeah, there's always the rushing battle. Like, look, I don't think Michigan Michigan State's going to win that regardless of the result uh you know i see no way michigan state wins that one just based on michigan's philosophy michigan's personnel uh how good they've been at running it like i I just don't see that that uh bearing out this year if michigan state were to win that win the game i'm saying uh Mm -hmm. but the other thing is you know is like valuing possessions right like i remember when i uh i don't remember what year it was but notre dame was playing navy when i covered notre dame and like they only had i want to say like five second half possessions or something like that maybe you know like they didn't have very many at all um and so with the way michigan runs it and if they're successful you know if they're if they're grinded out five six seven minute drives on you um your opportunities are going to be limited you know on the back end there if you need if you're down two possessions and you need something like the clock's gonna be working against you so valuing possessions trying to match points as best you can you know just getting the most out of every possession even if you're not, you know, Bryce Berenger, go pin him down in the five for us, man. Like, thank you. Um, things like that. Uh, the complimentary football angle, you know, of course, you know, when he does that, when Bryce does that, don't let them go 95 yards on you. That'd be nice. You know, or, or yeah. convert five third downs, you know, on the drive to, to go 90 yards, something like that. And then you're working the field position game. Now you're starting at maybe the 40, you know, and and now you're, you know, you're in position to at least go kick a field goal maybe if that all, that's all hammered out. So, uh the turnover margin, uh, value in possessions, and just being smart with that um, field position game and whatnot. And I just think, like the much like the Wisconsin game, I thought like the weapons have to be weapons. Like Keon Coleman, Jaden Reed have to show up and be guys. They yeah. have to win their one-on-one matchup. Much like you know, uh, was it the trouble with the snag game? Yeah, where where Connor Cook just hit uh, Aaron Burbridge oh, over Burbridge and for over a thousand and yards over yeah. and over. Yeah, and that was a heck of a matchup. Was it uh, Jordan Lewis? I think on Jordan the other Lewis, side. Yep. Yeah, so that was a heck of a battle. Like, they weren't afraid. Like, we got our dude. We're going to go to him and repeatedly. And we don't care if you know it. Like, he's going to be yeah. better than you. Whatever you scheme up, he's going to be better than that scheme. You know, so th- I think there's got to be more than a handful of moments like that for Jaden Reed, for Keon Coleman, where it's like, hey, we just got the better guy right now. We believe in him. Let's, you know, draw it up, run it. Boom, let's go make a play here. Ditto for Malik Carr. Uh, ditto for Daniel Barker. Yep. Uh, my colleague Justin Thin was telling me, how bad Michigan's been at, at defending the tight end, apparently. So I think that's absolutely a, uh, a an area that you focus on. I think there's a lot still that's untapped in that uh, in that department. I mean, Jay Johnson talks about them being the MVP. You've got two guys with sort of a with you know next level uh, receiving ability. At least I'd say that you know they both have some some weaknesses and whatnot um, in other parts. But both Barker and Carr can be like major major downfield weapons for you. And we just really haven't seen them like. 
I don't have it in front of me right now, but I think uh, they're both under 15 catches I know in the year. I think one's at like 12 and one's at seven maybe for probably Malik. I think so it's something like that. Yeah, it's, it's not a lot. Um, so I would be, you know, I, I, like I said, I think there's more things you could see there. Maybe one of them lies up, lines up as a fullback. Maybe one of them split out like sort of as an H-back. Maybe you have them double tight on the same side, you know, one's Ooh. attached, one's just uh, behind them on the yeah. line of scrimmage there. Like, I, I don't know, but I think there's more that can be done with those positions. And I just, you have to get them the ball and like, let them be the weapons. You're not just going to grind out these like 70, you know, 60, 70, 80 yard drives by just playing traditional conservative sort of offense, you know, the way they want to, for the most part, like they, you look back to last year, look how dependent they were on, on chunk plays and explosives. And like, I know that's every offense to a degree, but they were very reliant on them last year. And this year you see, they're not getting them. And that's why you're seeing so many three and outs. You're seeing so many quick possessions, so many possessions without points, you know, is like, they're not getting that chunk play to put them over the top, but now that we're in the red zone, all right, now we can go play or when now we're in field goal range, we can, you know, exhale a little bit, things like that. You're not seeing. So they have to force the ball to their playmakers. I mean, I don't care what's schemed up. You get the ball to Malik Carr in space, as we just saw last week, then it becomes like a human performance thing. Like, am I really going to go tackle that dude? Am I really going to be able to, all right, well, I'm going to try. Am, am I really going to be able to bring him down though? When, you know, when he's running full speed, you know, 260, uh, whatever at me. Yeah. You know, it's like that people got to make decisions. People got to make plays at that point. Ball's in the air. Keon Coleman's jumping with me. Am I really going to be able to go get that? You know, I, mean, I hope. I'm going to try. But is is he just going to be too good, you know, for me for that to happen? So, like, those type of plays, uh, I think, more than, you know, traditional script to this to lead to that, to lead to, lead to that, to set this thing up later. Like, I think you just got to force it to your playmakers and, and yeah. however, however you deem fit um, and just let them be those difference makers. I think that's gotta be the path forward. Is it just simple minded of me just to say, run back what you did in 2020 have, you know, Rocky just throw the ball far downfield and hope that Ricky white catches up to it, which worked out over and over again. Just, just do the 2022 version of that have Thorne just huck it down either sideline. You could pick the Reed sideline. You could pick the Coleman sideline. Quite frankly, I don't really care. Is it just simple minded to just say that, or there probably has to be a little more. Well, yeah, different D coordinator, uh, different quarterback for Michigan state, different personnel. So a little bit, but I mean, in terms of just sort of throwing things out the, you know, maybe throwing convention out the window. Like, yeah, I, I, I would, I would say that that's kind of what I was just trying to get across there. Like just try it. Yeah. However you got to do it. Yeah. Like they get, but these, all these guys I've mentioned, Coleman, Carr, Reed, uh, Barker, I would throw in there. Like they all have to get multiple touches more than just one or two. Like they have to get these touches. And and then from there, let them be playmakers and see where it takes you. But even if it's just a simple five yard curl route, stop hit Malik Carr, he's going to drag two or three guys with him, gain two or three yards, you know, like, How many times, you know, how many times can you pull that off and move the sticks? Like probably quite a few, right? Until something adjusts. And then what's the adjustment off of that? You can, you know, do a hitch and go or whatever, get somebody running behind him. Like there, there's a whole lot I think you can do there. I, I think the tight ends really are a linchpin this week, though, given how under the, underutilized they've been. And uh, from what I've seen about Michigan, uh, just hasn't really defended that position super well. Like you've had a bye week, you know, you've, you've had time to, to scheme up some new things. That's why I talk about coaching. Like I want to see Scotty Hazleton come out with some, with some good stuff again, much like the Wisconsin yeah. game. I don't think he necessarily got enough credit for how well that went. And I know he's, you know, True. he's on the, he's, he's, he's on the wrong yeah. side of the ledger on a lot this year, but like That's that fair. was a good adjustment and it worked. 
you know, yep. what's Jay Johnson going to have now? Uh, if anything, like he's got to come show it and prove it. All the everybody on the coaching staff, I think, because those players that I've mentioned are there. Uh, they're good enough if they've, if they've got their whole defense together with Slade Henderson, Winmon's back there, uh, of course, a linebacker. Like they've got enough pieces that like if they're just put in the right positions, it does. This does not have to be the bloodbath that some people think it might be. It really doesn't. Um, so I think there's enough talent, you know, for Michigan State to pull off an upset. I honestly do. Um, but I think they've got to be put in the right positions. I think the right things have to be prioritized, prioritized and emphasized. And then, of course, people just got to execute and play at the end of the day. Like, yeah. you know, you can, you can call a perfect game and, and this and that. If the guys don't make the block, don't catch the ball, don't, don't hear the audible, this or that, like things can yeah. happen. But I don't think it's a situation like Ohio State, Michigan State didn't, does not have the talent to beat that team. They just don't. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have that. Like not I talk about puncher's chance and a certain scenario, this certain scenario, that's not real with Ohio state. Though. I do think with this game, there is that opportunity in that window. And that's why I'm putting a lot of this on coaching to get them over the finish line and to get them uh, yeah. even in position to, to see the finish line, I guess is really how I should put it. it I, I shook my head and rolled my eyes when you said you got to execute perfectly. Cause I just thought of like the thousand dumb penalties they had against Wisconsin. Like we can't have any of those. We, we can't have Michael Fletcher coming in like a heat seeking missile a cool eight seconds after the play's over. Like, that can't happen either. So, like, just play somewhat disciplined this time around. Let's give it a try. Let's mix it up this week. Um, hey, again, we're going to talk more about this game in a hot second. But first, yo, we're talking LinkedIn right now. They are the greatest out there when it comes to finding a job or, hey, finding people to fill a job that you have with your small business because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. Well, I got great news. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and best of all, for free. Look, just create the free job post in minutes and then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you guys are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then eventually hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions. Oh, yeah, that's right. They apply. Now, let's get back. The wonderful Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports here. Hey, look, uh, Michigan, I, I'm not going to break a lot of news. I know not a lot of people want to hear it, but they're a good team. They're pretty good at what they're doing so far this year, uh, specifically in the run game as well. And the last time a lot of us watched Michigan uh, was the Penn State game. I don't know how much of that game you got to watch, but were you – what was the biggest takeaway from that game if you did watch it? Was that, oh, my God, Michigan's run game is for real? Or that maybe Penn State's run defense, not as good as expected, and also really didn't benefit from playing, like, what, 60 or 65 defensive snaps in the first half? Like, I, I, it, it could be a little bit of both, of course, too. I watched the first half at home before I went okay. over to Spartan Stadium. Then I left with like a minute and a half left or something in the first half. Sure. So I missed most of the second half. It was up on the TVs, but I was doing you know my pregame stuff and watching warmups and this and that. So mm-hmm. um, my takeaways were like that they uh, like they they just destroyed like what I think is a good team. I don't think Penn State's great, but I think they're good. Sure. You know they're the best team Michigan's played yet. So and they just blew them out. You know I mean that was really impressive because I think as I might have mentioned it on here, but like Michigan to me has has passed every test that's come their way. Yet. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, 
blow the doors off your non-conference team. You know, don't even don't even break a sweat. Check. All right, now can you go on the road to a traditionally tough place to play? I get Iowa isn't that good. Their offense is abys- you know, offensively bad. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but can you go on the road and win? Yes. Now, all right, can you beat a good team? You know, I'm not saying they're a great team, but a good team. Yes. You know, demolish them. So every ta- every challenge that's comes that has come Michigan's way, I think they've passed. And so that and, and to beat them, you know, it wasn't just 35-20, you know, like they just – they mm-hmm. eviscerated them. So that was really, really impressive to see. It made me – I thought the run game was legit already. I didn't have yeah. any issue there. Um, they just look like, you know, I think even – maybe I'm misremembering this or maybe it was just me uh, in my own analysis. But like I didn't really start to take them like that serious. Like as a good team, like I just mentioned with Penn State, I thought they were a good team for most of last year. But around that Michigan State game, around November is when I really turned the corner like, okay, they're they're really, really good. You know, they mm-hmm. might be bordering on great. Um, they're right there. Early on, I was just like, eh, you know, this team, I'm, I'm feeling that way earlier, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, that, they're very, very good, bordering on great. Might already be there right now. Uh, the one thing that I will say, though, about them and that I keep coming back to, and I was um, – I actually had a, a friend stop over real quick uh, as I was getting ready to leave, and he was watching the game with me for a little bit. And I was like, the one thing about J.J. McCarthy is, and I like him, I think he's a good player. I think he's got a very, very high upside. His talent is is undeniable. I think it's very obvious in a lot of ways. But the one thing, um, and Michigan State fans can attest to this, like is like I do think he's prone for like that one killer mistake oh, about yeah. once again. And maybe that doesn't yeah. materialize. You know, like he throws an easy pick and it just doesn't get caught, or he fumbles, you know somebody mm-hmm. fumbles, he fumbles, he makes a bad decision and they recover it. But like that that Penn State game, and then like five minutes after I said that, he throws it and it gets ping ponged off four guys or whatever. And then Penn State's run the other way with it. I'm like, aha, there it is. Yeah, run out of time. <laughs> of course, the fumble at the Spartan Stadium last year. Everybody knows that. But, like, it just seems like he, he does kind of have that penchant. And that comes with people who are really talented. Like, they trust yeah. themselves. They trust their abilities. They trust their arm. They, their they legs, get bored. You know, be. like, they just get a little bored. They, they, they yeah, want to sit yeah, the ball, that too. You know, every once in a while. Yeah. yeah put some tape so, like, there. that's something to be on the lookout. Like, is if that happens, if he makes that killer mistake at a yeah. even worse time, you know, Maybe that's a door, you know, creaking itself open for Michigan State there. I don't know. But that, that's something that really sticks out about this team. I think it's solid as heck across the board. And, again, I do like McCarthy. Um, I do think he gives them probably the highest ceiling, you know, to win some of these games against elite teams that they might see down the line. But, you know, I do also think he's got this penchant for, like, oh, man, like the absolute killer type of mistake. And if the other team's able to capitalize on that, who knows what you got cooking from there. Saw Graham Mertz do it two weeks ago, so uh, I'd be yeah. welcome to see that happen to a quarterback for the second or second game in a row, not second week. You guys know what I mean. Um, one, one more question that, like, look, is kind of like on the – not the negative side, just like the reality side because, like, there's a lot of mismatches along the field, Spartans versus Wolverines. What, mis- what mismatch, though, should I be uh, losing the most sleep over? Is it going to be their offensive line versus Michigan State's defensive front? Michigan State actually have a defensive front you think that could hang with them, or is it something completely different that I'm not thinking of right now when it comes to these two teams? I think – see, I actually think – much like last year, like Michigan was running all over everybody last year, but I was like, mm-hmm. look, they're not going to just gash Michigan State's D-line, and they didn't. Gotcha. Um, so I still think MSU's D-line will hang in there and, and acquit themselves well. I mean, look, I, Michigan will probably rush for about 100-something. You know, I, yeah, I don't think they're sure. just going to steamroll them all day and you know go for 200 or, or more. Okay. I, I wouldn't expect that, honestly. Uh, Slade and Barrow and Hanson, all those guys are just too good. You know, yeah. assuming they're all able to play and stay healthy and whatnot, Petrovsky would be a boost there, as I mentioned. So I don't worry about that as much. Michigan will run the ball, but not like to a just a 
embarrassing degree or anything like that. Like Michigan State's going to get their share of wins too, I think. Um, gotcha. They're just they're still built that way. They're still that good there. Uh, and to me, it's you know it's redundant, but it's the offensive. It's Michigan State's offensive line, it, it basically against anybody, right? Because I mean that's the big prohibitive yeah. handcuffing factor here. You know, it's like if I just thought they had even an av- could get average run game production and get average uh, blocking up front, then like I'd feel way differently about this game. I still would probably pick Michigan to win, but it'd be tighter. You know, I mean it's but it's right now like I can't trust them to even show up for against an average Big Ten team opponent, you know, and yeah. sort of get the job done for them. So against a really good Big Ten team, I just that that's got to oh. be the most problematic. If if things go south, that's probably wise because they can't run the ball. They, they're getting nothing out of that. They're getting harassed. Thorne's getting harassed. He can't get anything going in the passing game. Like, all the stems of the offense all trace back to that line. And so yeah. if they're not able to keep up and, and trade points uh, on those, those you know, precious possessions that I was mentioning, like, that's probably why. So it, that, that'll probably be the case for a while now. Of course, you could say the secondary, too, and whatnot. Yeah. Michigan's passing game hasn't shown itself to – be super scary yet though even though i said i do like mccarthy i do like you know ronnie bell and some of those guys but admit we all know running game running is their bread and butter but right. michigan state saying if they could slow them down enough if michigan state's defense could slow them down enough to keep it in a game can msu's o-line and, and all that whole operation keep it together to give them a shot offensively to make it a game you know that part i just don't know so that would be the biggest concern for me I don't know, hopefully Michigan State used the bye week to get some like gross hormone in the offensive line. I, I, like I'm not endorsing cheating, but like I, I'm not not doing it. So I, like, <laughs> by by any means necessary, just just figure out how to bulk up that offensive line and, and just play a little a little better. Because um, yeah, I would just love to see Peyton Thorne not get killed too as he's trying to sling the ball. 50 yards downfield to read every other play, uh, in my opinion, but uh, here you have it. So, hey, we're closer and closer to kickoff. Stephen Brooks just got us a little smarter as we get closer to the game as well. Stephen, thanks a ton for joining the show, man. You are quite simply the best. Um, and any parting words before we uh, hop off here? No, just uh, everybody have fun. Be safe if you're going over there. Uh, I know. I think the night games uh, should be really cool. If you do go over there, don't get into fights. Keep your mouth, you know. Keep well, everything appropriate. Like, <laughs> don't need any brawls and everything. Uh, just enjoy it and let the game sort of speak for itself, I guess. Mm, all right, fine. Whatever. I guess. I guess. No, that's sound advice. And, uh, hey, gang, guess what? We'll be back tomorrow. And then the day after that, we'll get a little bit more into Michigan side with Chris Castellani of Barstool Sports. And at the end of the week, tease it a little bit. I don't want to get too ahead of myself because it hasn't happened yet. But Tony Lippett might be joining us for the Friday show. I, regardless, we got a few fun episodes coming up later this week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Love you all. Go green. Let's go.